Okay, okay, we all get that a past history of DVT related to hormone exposure is a true and a persistent contraindication for estrogen birth control. We get that. But what about the incidental presence of lower extremity varicose veins? Are varicose veins a contraindication to estrogen-containing birth control? After all, some data has linked superficial varicose veins to the later development of DVT. So that must mean that estrogen-containing birth control is contraindicated due to the additional risk of clot formation, right? Is that true? There is some strange information on the internet regarding the association of oral birth control pills and varicose veins. So do combination OCPs cause varicose veins? Do they increase the risk of DVT in those with them? In this episode, we're going to explore the science, the data, and published guidance regarding the use of estrogen-containing birth control in patients with varicose veins. Plus, we're also going to cover which patients who do by chance end up developing a superficial venous thrombosis in a varicose vein who will need anticoagulation. We're going to talk about that in this episode. So let's get to OCPs and varicose veins, risky or not. Medicine moves real fast. We're here to help us all keep up the pace. This is Clinical Pearls. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being in medical education, I love the inquisitive mind of some residents. I mean, honestly, it should be the quality in all residents, right? I mean, it's their job to ask, to seek the truth, to look for the data, and not just take someone's opinion for it. I always tell that to our residents. Hey, if I ever tell you something, don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Make sure that's 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 correct. And it's okay to professionally and uh, correctly challenge a, a viewpoint. This topic idea came to me through our Facebook podcast page because a resident from another part of the country was confused about starting OCPs in a patient with varicose veins. Well, actually, she wasn't confused at all. She was ready to write for the OCPs. But when she was giving the check out to the attending, she got confused because the attending said that varicose veins presented a contraindication to combination birth control pill initiation. So she sent a message going, wait a minute, I can't find where that's actually a thing. Is that a thing? So let's start at the beginning, okay? Well, that's a good place to start, right? At the beginning. That was weird. Sorry about that. But let's start with the causes of varicose veins first, and then we're going to discuss their pathogenesis because there's also some weird stuff, as we mentioned in the intro on the internet, about birth control pills and varicose veins. So let's give the true 
uh, pathophysiology, a pathogenesis of how varicose veins actually form. And then we're going to get into this question of do birth control pills actually augment varicose vein formation? There's some weird stuff out there online. I'm going to explain. I'm going to give you some examples, some experts, some excerpts here from a minute. Um, and they're going to give the, the evidence-based answer about that. But first, the traditional thought of why varicose veins form in the first place. Okay, so first let's get the overarching term here. This all represents superficial venous disease. That includes both varicose veins and superficial venous thrombosis. Yes, you can throw in their superficial thrombophlebitis on top of that, but that's really a subtype of superficial venous thrombosis. Varicose veins are characterized by subcutaneous dilated and tortuous veins that are greater than or equal to 3 millimeters. They involve the saphenous veins, saphenous tributaries, or non-saphenous superficial leg veins. And let's just say this right now, this is not just a cosmetic issue. I mean, this can cause some lower extremity pain, some throbbing, and some soreness, and it's worse with upright posture. At a population level, varicose veins are reported in about 30% of the population with significantly increased rates in those who are older. I'm not going to get into what older means because I don't want to offend anybody because I may be in that group for heaven's sakes. Varicose veins are seen globally and are influenced by activity and lifestyle. So prolonged standing is a big deal. Uh, a lot of weightlifting, for example, things that increase venous pressure from the pelvis down, that increases their frequency as well. Overall, varicose veins, of course, are much more common in women than they are in men. Risk factors for varicose veins include being female, multiparity, BMI, constipation, and a history of venous thrombosis. Now, we're going to get into that one risk factor here a little bit later on in the episode because that's going to be the big discriminator here of who gets birth control pills or not. So if varicose veins, as I just say right now, are incidental, they just kind of popped up and they're unrelated to a previous DVT, then that's one thing. But if you ask, hey, when did these actually happen? And they say, oh, it happened after I was diagnosed with my DVT and I was on Lovenox for six months. Uh, that's different. Because <laughs> remember that DVTs, because veins look for alternative ways to get around the clot, can increase uh, venous insufficiency and varicose vein formation. It's important to ask about previous history of DVT. If you're ever asked, what are the biggest risk factors for varicose vein formation? Here they are. The top three are just being female and then family genetics, of course, family history. And then the third is personal BMI. So female gender, family history or genetics, and personal BMI. Those three are the top. And that's followed by number four, which is, of course, age. And yes, it is true, it's not a myth, that prolonged standing because of venous stasis or prolonged walking have been suggested as other environmental or conditional sources or etiologies of varicose veins. So if you're standing for a long period of time, compression socks uh, or stockings that do not have a tourniquet effect are actually a thing. I mean, it is protective against varicose vein formation, especially in those at risk because of BMI uh, or genetics. Just remember, they should not have a tourniquet effect. But do you notice what we did not say there as a risk factor for varicose vein formation? How about birth control? 
because there's some websites on there that do actually say incorrectly that, oh, if you take birth control pills, you're going to get varicose veins. Uh, what? Uh, why? I'm going to go over some of those websites. I'm not going to tell you who they are because I don't want to get in any kind of trouble. But I'm going to read you some of the excerpts that are kind of weird, kind of out there, that are kind of throwing OCPs under the bus. And there's no science to back that up. Okay, now I'm gonna tell you where that idea came from, because like everything else, that's kind of a myth. There's some reality to it. There's some truth to it, but it gets taken out of context. Okay, so once again, do birth control pills, estrogen containing birth control pills cause varicose veins? The answer is if they do, the chance of them doing that is so small that it likely will not increase the risk by themselves over their background risk. Okay, so now that we're on this subject, let's answer this next question. Do oral birth control pills, oral birth control pills, what other kind of pills would there be that are non-oral? I guess PR? What are we talking about? Oral birth control pills. You know, that's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Oral birth control pills. Is oral really necessary? I mean, can we just say birth control pills? It's like past history. When I get checkout from a medical student or a resident, uh, and I get, oh, hey, their past history is yada, yada. My answer is always, well, what other kind of history is there? Is there, is there a future history? I mean, of course it's past history. But did you all learn that as well? I learned that in medical school, uh, you know, the past medical history. Uh, well, all history is in the past. I, it, it's, why, do we, why do we do that? Well, why do we say oral for birth control pills? Of course pills are going to be oral. Once again, you see, you see how, you all see how ADD works. You see that? It's like squirrel, totally not talking about this. And what the heck was I talking about? Oh, yes. Do birth control pills call varicose veins? The link between birth control pills and varicose veins should not be controversial, but I guess it is because of stuff that's online. Now, some women are under the impression that they cannot take birth control pills if they have varicose veins, and it's not even patients. I mean, as we said in the intro, an attending said that that was a contraindication when maybe he should have or she should have slowed his role or her role and said, well, what were they caused by? Because the only time that varicose veins are a contraindication of birth control, and see, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just going to tell you now anyway, is if there was uh, if it was a result of a DVT specifically related, of course, to estrogen expo- exposure, or if the patient had a history of superficial venous thrombosis. Okay, uh, otherwise, the answer is no; it's not contraindicated. But the other misperception or the other misunderstanding is whether birth control pills themselves actually cause varicose veins. Now, let's just say it right away, and I think we've already alluded to this, there is no clinical evidence to suggest that birth control pills alone increase the risk of developing varicose veins, all right? No evidence. Because what happens, it's almost like um, mood effects and birth control pills, right? So which gender is the more severely burdened by depression as a mood disorder, right? We all know that that's, that's uh, females. Uh, it's just the way it is. I'm not making it, you know, trying to throw anybody under the bus. It just, it is what it is, mainly because I think not only the hormone issue, but they go for diagnosis and men just suffer in silence. Um, so it's much more likely to get a diagnosis in, in the female sex. 
But it's the same thing with all of the studies that have looked at mood and birth control pills. Well, if you take something that's very prevalent in that population and then take the most, one of the most common medications used in that population, they're going to run together, right? They're running parallel. Those are called confounders or co-variables. So it's hard to actually say, you know, one leads to the other. And we've mentioned this many times in the past. There's associations, but that, that doesn't mean that it's causation. Well, it's very similar to here. Uh, with the issue of birth control pills and causing varicose veins. There is no evidence to suggest causation, but maybe there's an association as women get older, because there was one publication we'll touch on in a minute that, oh, the longer a woman takes birth control pills, the the higher their chance of getting varicose veins. Well, no, the longer that they take it, like years down the road, they're more likely to get varicose veins because they're just older. You see that? That's an association. Those are co-variables, but that in no way proves causation. But again, as we mentioned in the intro, there's some strange stuff out there online that patients are reading that, let's just say it plainly, there's no other way not to say it, and, and that's that it's wrong. So take, for example, the following excerpt that I found from an online site advertising a vein stripping clinic. Now, most of this information that I have found that actually links birth control pill use to varicose vein formation, oddly enough, is is by uh, vein stripping or cosmetic vein clinics. Uh, and I'll tell you where this came from because there is there's some data uh, again that's a little bit of truth but then misapplied. So they're kind of quasi evidence based, but but out of context. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. But listen to this explanation from one website. I'm not going to tell you who it is. That is just plain wrong. I mean, we're talking about you know misleading information uh, about healthcare. This is one of them. And it's related to another key article that just came out earlier this month in August 2023 about direct-to-consumer marketing of products uh, for healthcare and some false claims. I'm going to explain what that is in just a minute because uh, that has to do with with uh, order yourself or mail order antimalarian hormones because there's stuff online for that that is also super misleading and, again, takes a little bit of truth but completely misapplies it. But again, our focus here is on birth control pills and varicose veins. But I'm going to show you the similarity here with, with the AMH uh, do-it-yourself you know, uh, home lab test uh, because their new article also touches on that. But back to the excerpt from the website about birth control pills causing varicose veins. Here's what that website said. Remember, this is not PubMed. It's not an, it's not Cochrane database. It is a self-promotional, it, it's a clinic's website. Um, I, I don't know why they would put this in there, maybe to get patients to come in. I have no idea. But the last thing that we want to do is scare women about taking birth control uh, when birth control access is so vital now more than ever, okay? So of all the reasons not to potentially take birth control, uh, development of varicose veins should be way at the bottom of the list. Okay, that's enough of that. Let me read you the excerpt from this anonymous site, okay? It's not anonymous. I'm making it anonymous because, All right, so here's what it says. Quote, in essence, a dose of estrogen and progestin tricks the body into thinking it's pregnant, preventing another pregnancy from occurring. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I'm good with it. Fine. Now it goes on. Quote, 
However, the release of these hormones also slows blood flow. This can prove problematic. When blood stagnates, it's more prone to clotting disorders like DVT and the formation of varicose veins. End quote. Okay, uh, what? So according to this excerpt, the way that birth control pills increase thrombosis risk has nothing to do with clotting factors. It has to do with it slowing down blood flow. Uh, what? OCPs slow down blood flow? Uh, no, they don't. Like, no. This is a complete misrepresentation of the science. The estrogenic component of combined hormonal contraceptives increases hepatic production of serum globulins that are involved in coagulation, aka clotting factors, mainly factor 7, factor 10, and fibrinogen, and they increase the risk of VTE by those mechanisms. Now, although all combined hormonal contraceptives increase the risk of VTE, that risk remains half as high as the risk elevated during pregnancy. Why? Because the levels of estrogen and progesterone in pregnancy are vastly different. Plus, pregnancy with the supraphysiologic levels of progestin also gives increased venous capacitance, all right? So that's how the miscommunication comes in. Hey, if progesterone in pregnancy can cause increased venous capacitance and some venous insufficiency, in addition to the hypervolemia and the increased pressure in the abdomen from the increasing uh, uterus and, and, and pelvic weight, then birth control pills must do the same thing, right? I mean, there's progestin in that. So do you all see how that's just kind of weird? I mean, it takes a little bit of truth and then misapplies it. And here, this excerpt that I read you exactly verbatim from the website, because I'm looking at it right now, says that birth control pills increase varicose veins because they decrease blood flow. Um, I, 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 no. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, come on, is it really any surprise to anyone that there's some misleading stuff out there on the internet? Uh, really? I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff out there, especially related to some advertising for any kind of medical procedure like venous stripping or um, cosmetic procedures for varicose veins or even some medical labs or products that are available online. So this brings us to a separate but still related note that actually came out as a recent publication that looked at online direct-to-consumer products uh, where patients can send in their own blood sample, either by finger prick or by going to an independent lab, to look for uh, something called antimalurian hormone. You all get what that is, right? AMH. AMH has been used as a test for fertility, for ovarian reserve, and in some patients that have polycystic ovarian morphology to confirm the diagnosis of that PCOS phenotype because AMH levels are, are incredibly high in patients with PCOM phenotype, right? Those that have polycystic ovary, uh, ovaries on ultrasound. 
So this recently came out in JAMA Network Open and just got released three days ago, guys, right, on August the 21st. Now, to be clear, this has nothing to do with OCPs and varicose veins, but it draws home this this idea that we all know that there's misleading misrepresentation online for not just medical tests, but for medical procedures, in this case, for a medical test. Um, so these authors, just to be very clear, very quick, they looked at websites and labs where they offer at-home AMH testing, okay, and, and looked to see some of the claims that these websites made. Remember, this is JAMA Network Open. Now, before I tell you what they found, I want, to be very, I want to be very specific here. This has to do with certain laboratory values. And the reason it's problematic is because there's no lab standard. Okay, Every lab uses their own issue, uh, their own analyzer, and that's why results are like, what do I do with that? That's different, for example, than a genetic test. So if you send in some kind of body fluid, typically saliva or an oral scrape, and you find out that you are a factor five uh, Leiden carrier because they did a genetic test, that's different. I mean, genetic tests are pretty reproducible. And I have a podcast about that, uh, I don't know, I think it was like one or two years ago, where a patient walked into my uh, practice and said, hey, I've been on birth control pills. Uh, and I just wanted to let you know I have factor five Leiden mutation. I was like, oh, oh, well, how did you know that? And who started you on birth control pills? She said, oh, no, I, I didn't know that until recently. I just I did an at-home test. I sent it in. And it said, oh, by the way, you have factor five uh, heterozygous mutation, and you should talk to your provider. So I'm like, well, okay, so we need to stop you on birth control pills, even though chances are very high that nothing would ever happen to her. Continuing with oral birth control in that case is is not advised. And that's straight out of the ACOG guidance. So in that case, that's great info, right? I mean, genetic material is genetic material. But these have to do with labs that are not standardized. Well, anyway, back to JAMA Network Open. After examining the different companies' websites that are all available online as public access, the researchers concluded this, quote, These findings suggest false claims about AMH tests are common, misleading consumers to purchase an AMH test in the belief that it can predict current or future fertility, which may lead to misplaced anxiety or reassurance about one's fertility, end quote. So it's not surprising that there's weird stuff about birth control pills and varicose veins online. Uh, and this, this publication from JAMA Network Open regarding AMH tests uh, just seals that in on a, on a similar but unrelated topic. If you're interested in reading that publication, uh, the title is, quote, Websites Selling Direct-to-Consumer Antimalurian Hormone Tests, end quote. And the first author is Alexis Johnson. So do birth control pills cause venous insufficiency? Um, I'm sure there's some weird caveat to that, that maybe, possibly it could. But the truth is, based on the majority of the data, of the evidence, it does not seem to do that, all right? And that is actually published material. I mean, that there's, there's evidence for that. This was published in 2021 in the journal Integrative Cardiovascular Physiology and Pathophysiology. How's that for a title? Integrative Cardiovascular Physiology and Pathophysiology. 
Here, researchers published a review titled, quote, The Influence of Hormonal Contraceptives on Peripheral Vascular Function and Structure in Premenopausal Patients, end quote. Well, that's great. That's exactly what we're talking about here, right? So let's figure out what they stated. So after they did a whole review of the data and took a look at, at bench testing as well as clinical models, the authors concluded, quote, The purpose of this review is to summarize literature examining the impact of different hormonal contraceptives on vascular function and structure. Quote, hormonal contraceptives do not appear to impact smooth muscle function in the macrovasculature or microvasculature, arterial stiffness, or vascular structure. End quote. Well, there you go. So why do these websites, mainly from clinics who treat varicose veins, say that birth control can affect and cause varicose veins? I mean, where does that come from? Well, it can all be traced back to a publication out of Croatia in 2009, published in the journal Acta Dermatovenerol Croatia. Yeah, that's Acta Dermatovenerol Croatia. That's I'm not translating that. Anyway, it's a Croatian journal. It's valid. It's legit. Uh, But there was an article published here that looked at the effect of progesterone on pregnancy varicose veins. So do y'all get the big elephant in the room? Ooh, was that a bad term? Anyway, do y'all get the big factor there, which is pregnancy in and of itself? Pregnancy is the biggest factor here with the increase in pelvic pressure, the increase in abdominal weight, uh, not just from the patient herself, but obviously from the enlarging uterus, the placenta, amniotic fluid, and the supraphysiological levels of hormones, okay? So as the authors state in their own words, quote, the aim of this study was to investigate the contribution of progesterone in the development of primary varicose veins on lower limbs during pregnancy, end quote. Okay, well, let's see what happened. Well, they took 50 primaparous patients with varicose veins and they measured their serum progesterone levels from the 14th week of pregnancy uh, and compared that to controls without varicose veins, all right? So in the study group, they had varicose veins and starting at the 14th week, started looking at progesterone levels compared to those without varicose veins. Remember, an N of 50. And what they found is, oh, interesting, those with Uh, varicose veins had significantly higher levels of serum progesterone. Okay. But so they related that, oh, higher progesterone equals varicose veins. However, what about the pregnancy itself? What about BMI? What about family history? What about environmental factors like standing, walking? None of that was taken into account. And so as the authors themselves state in their conclusion, quote, these findings support the role of hormonal factors in the development of varicose veins in women, end quote. But did you catch that? It says supportive of a role. It doesn't allude to causation. It says, hey, maybe, could be an association. And we've already addressed that many times in the past and in this episode too, that association doesn't necessarily mean causation. Plus, even if progesterone did have a role, the supraphysiological levels of progesterone during pregnancy are not achieved with oral contraceptive use. Uh, Honestly, with any kind of contraception, it just doesn't get as high and as sustained as it does with with a normal pregnancy. And actually, more recently, like in February of 2023, another publication did a very, very similar study, and that was published as well. This was published online in the journal called Biomedicine, and the title of the article is, quote, Effect of 
prolidase on the development of varicose veins in pregnant women, end quote. So prolidase is, is an enzyme uh, that potentially can weaken veins. And they looked at this, again, in pregnancy. But the take-home was that they also looked at progesterone and came up with the same findings that they did in 2009. High progesterone equals varicose veins. But again, they're very cautious here to say that this is not a proof of causation, but simply is an association. So now that we've established that birth control pills likely do not by themselves increase the risk of varicose vein formation because the hormone levels are just not the same as they are in pregnancy, let's tackle the resident's main question here, okay? Is it safe to take OCPs, combination birth control, in the presence of varicose veins? Now, before we give out the simple answer, we of course have to go to the data. And the truth is there's just limited data that's looked at this because most people consider varicose veins to be completely benign unless they were a sequelae to a previous DVT. A 2016 systematic review published in the journal Contraception tried to figure this out. The authors aimed to investigate the evidence regarding the risk of VTE in women with superficial venous thrombosis or varicose veins who use combination birth control pills compared to non-birth control pill users. All right, so listen to this, guys. The authors searched the PubMed database for all English language articles published from database inception through September 2014. Now, that's a lot of years, right? They included primary research studies that looked at women with superior venous thrombosis or just varicose veins who then used combination birth control pills. Now, to be very clear, ACOG states that a previous history of superficial venous thrombosis uh, should be should be considered cautionary to OCP initiation, okay? So varicose veins, according to the college, is not an issue, but if they've had superficial venous thrombosis, it's a cautionary note, uh, either category three or four in the medical eligibility uh, criteria. We're going to discuss that in just a minute. But these authors wanted to see what, is, what does the data actually show? What's published out there? And so the outcome of interest included VTE, among women with uh, superficial venous thrombosis or just varicose veins who use birth control pills compared to those who did not, okay? Well, after searching the database from inception until 2014, two studies were found and were looked at that met their inclusion criteria. Two, that's one, two, that's it. <laughs> that's all the data that, that's out there. And one study was, quote, fair quality, and the other study was fair to poor quality. So you're like, oh, well, anyways, what did they find? Well, the authors concluded, quote, these two studies suggest an increased risk of VTE among birth control pill users with superficial venous disease. But there's no definitive conclusions that can be made because the limited number of studies are very limited in study quality, end quote. So in other words, yeah, it didn't help at all. So if that didn't help, what is the guidance here? I mean, does ACOG have a stance on this? The answer is yes. ACOG and the CDC both say that varicose veins that are incidental, not a sequelae of previous VTE, that is not a contraindication for hormonal birth control pill use, okay? They are actually, if you take a look at the CDC's MEC, that is category one. So just varicose veins by themselves, not an issue. So the resident was right. She could absolutely give uh, combination birth control pills to this patient as long as the varicose veins weren't a result of a previous VTE. But 
if the patient did have a history of a previous VTE or of a superficial venous thrombosis, ACOG says that that's a relative contraindication, all right? CDC calls a superficial venous thrombosis in a varicose vein, either acute or past history, as category 3 at the minimum, which is, yeah, there could be some risks there that could be greater than the benefit or potentially Category 4 based on their history. In other words, if the patient had it because of a DVT, it moves from a Category 3 to 4, all right? So plain, non-thrombosed, varicose vein by themselves, not an issue. Varicose vein that had a history of a VTE or a DVT, that's a no-go. And if it was previously uh, thrombosed, that's also is no-go, all right? But incidental varicose vein is perfectly fine. You can find this information in ACOG's Practice Bulletin number 206 from 2016. And you can also find it in the CDC's medical eligibility chart under superficial venous uh, disease, superficial venous conditions, okay? And so it's very clear. I'll post that link in our reference list. We have that on, I have that saved on my uh, homepage uh, on my iPhone. So you can bring that up very quickly. Super helpful. But varicose veins by themselves are a category one for combination birth control pills. All right, everyone, now that we've covered that, let's talk about treatment of a superficial venous thrombosis when you do find one, whether or not the patient is on hormonal birth control or not, combination birth control pills. And then we're going to bring this to an end because I think this has already gotten a little bit too long. So let's talk about treatment of a superficial venous thrombosis. All right, so you see a patient, you suspect a superficial venous thrombosis. The first thing, of course, and here's a clinical pearl, you've got to get that Doppler, that duplex ultrasound, because that has an associated DVT until proven otherwise, all right? So you got to look to see, number one, how how big that superficial clot is, uh, two, where it actually is, and then three, if it extends into the deep compartment, because those are risk factors for progression, and those are also part of the criteria of who gets anticoagulation, okay? But we're going to talk about that in a minute. So first of all, if this is confirmed to be a clot in the superficial varicosity, then you've got to have short-term follow-up, all right? You've got to do repeat ultrasound to make sure that it's not progressive into the deep venous system. And most people recommend a repeat uh, duplex ultrasound as fast as 48 hours, but no more than 72 hours to look for clot stabilization, okay? In the meantime, if this is just in the superficial varicosity, then you can do superficial uh, supportive care like warm compresses and the use of NSAIDs, and that can take away some of the pain and some of the discomfort from the superficial clot. Now, if the patient is on an OCP, then you have to stop it at that time, okay? So ACOG says, remember, that's a no-go, just stop it, there's other options to use. Now, there's a good review on, on who qualifies for anticoagulation with a superficial venous thrombosis and who and who it's not necessary, and we're going to cover that in just a minute, but this comes out of BMJ, best practice, okay? We're going to summarize some of those key points in this last part of the episode. But BMJ Best Practice has a really nice review on this, and I'll post that link in our reference page. In this BMJ Best Practice review, it breaks up the group of superficial venous thrombosis into uncomplicated and those that are complicated. Complicated are those that have the higher risk of progression or having a true DVT slash VTE, okay? So let's take a look at the first group, which is the uncomplicated cohort, and these do not require anticoagulation. 
This includes patients where the superficial venous thrombosis is remote from the saphenofemoral junction or the saphenopopliteal junction. In other words, those SVTs that are below the knee, okay, rather than above knee in the great saphenous vein. Also, those that have a focal SVT, a superficial venous thrombosis, that's less than five centimeters in length. And those who do not have other medical uh, comorbidities like obesity, diabetes, smoking, or obviously a thrombophilia. So if patients have that criteria, it's remote from the saphenofemoral junction, it's under the knee, it's focal, defined as less than five centimeters, and they don't have other medical risk factors, then they do not require anticoagulation. But it's just the opposite for those who do have those risk factors. So for those that have either a propagation of clot that is within three centimeters of the deep venous system, mainly the great saphenous vein, or obviously those who have those medical comorbidities like obesity, smoking, bad diabetes, or a previous history of, of some kind of clot, either DVT or superficial, they require anticoagulation, okay? So in general, you gotta look where it is, how big it is, uh, is it above the knee, below the knee, and is it, is it close to the deep venous system? All right, podcast family. So can a patient with varicose veins just by themselves, no past history, no other issues, can they take oral birth control pills? Yeah, if they want to. Now, there's a lot of other options out there, and you all know I love my larks. So I would just push for a lark to begin with. But if they are absolutely no go on the lark, there's no risk for these patients with isolated, uncomplicated varicose veins to use hormonal birth control. Remember, it's an MEC category one, and ACOG does not consider that a contraindication. All right, podcast family, hope you found that helpful. As always, we're thankful for you, and we're glad you're part of our podcast community. And we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.